0: Hey guys, I'm Sage, and this is the Iconic Dollcast. On this podcast, I'll be talking about iconic dolls and their cultural impact over time. As a longtime doll collector, I thought it would be interesting to go back and research all about the dolls that I had growing up. This includes everything from Barbie to Britney, all the way to American Girls, and so much more. I specialize in making customized versions of the Britney Spears doll. If you haven't yet, give me a follow on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls. On TikTok, Britney Spears Dolls, and Twitter, B Spears Dolls. You can also follow the official podcast Instagram, Iconic Dollcast. everyone it's me sage welcome to the iconic doll cast today we are getting into barbie again thank you guys so much for listening i hope you're enjoying this barbie thus far has been the most difficult doll line to <laughs> research not because there isn't a ton of information about her out there there's actually just so much information about her i had to really pick and choose what i was going to discuss You know, this whole podcasting thing is way more difficult than I thought it would be. It's really, first of all, it's so awkward just to (laughs) sit and talk to myself. But I've really enjoyed talking with all my guests. And when I started getting into Barbie, I realized that this episode is probably going to be a little bit longer than the others. Just because there is so much background and history information on her. And it's also going to sound a little bit more formal. I actually ended up having to write kind of like a script for this just because with the last few episodes, all I've been doing is writing very brief notes and just kind of talking. (laughs) But with Barbie, I didn't want to leave out anything important. So I wrote out a script. So I might sound a little bit different than I usually do, but we're going to get into Barbie, just the most iconic doll of all time. I mean, all the dolls I'm talking about are iconic, but none of them would really exist, I don't think, without Barbie. So, I had tons of Barbies growing up. I played with them all the time. Barbie, Barbie, I think really, really impacted the way I use my imagination and creativity. I think she was always changing. She had so many jobs. Um, all my Barbies were different. I had a doctor Barbie a hula dancing Barbie, I had a vet Barbie for sure, I had a working out Barbie, my favorite of all time, love her, and I don't don't know, it was just always a new experience I got whenever I got a new Barbie, and I absolutely love her, I know she gets criticized a ton, I think a lot of the criticism is valid, but I also think that people forget what Barbie's main message is. And that is, you can be anything you want to be. And that is literally exactly what Barbie has done. She has just changed the world, (laughs) I think. I mean, I read somewhere that every three seconds a Barbie doll is sold. And I, uh, I just, I, I, I cannot believe what an amazing impact she's had on pop culture, but also just like, the journey she's gone through since her first release in 1959 it's just really crazy so we're gonna get into this and like i said i apologize i had to write this out i wanted to make sure i got in all the good information i'm also sorry i probably forgot to include a lot of stuff um in the future i might have to do some other you know sub barbie episodes i also really want to get into christy and african-american dolls and how those are represented in our culture but Today, we're going to go with Barbie, and I'm so excited for this. This is going to be a long one, so pour yourself a glass of wine. Whatever you need to do, this is quite the story. So, the idea behind Barbie was conceptualized by Ruth Handler. Ruth and her husband, Elliot, were actually both the co-founders of toy company Mattel, which (laughs) I'm sure you've heard of. Ruth had noticed there was no market for adult-type dolls for young girls. During this time, all they had was baby dolls and paper dolls. She also noticed that her son, Ken, yes, both Barbie and Ken are named after Ruth's children, had a lot more options with the toys that were available for boys during this time. Ruth had witnessed her daughter playing with paper dolls and acting out her imagined adult self and thought it would be great if there was a 3D model that little girls could dress up and play with. I don't know how many of you guys had paper dolls when you were growing up, but paper dolls sucked. They always tore. They they just weren't good for play. They weren't um they weren't durable. So I definitely see why Ruth would think, "Hey, how how can I turn this into a 3D plastic model that my little girl could grow up with and play with, dress up and, you know, Basically, just build a fantasy life out of. On a family trip to Switzerland, Ruth and her daughter Barbara noticed a small 11.5 inch fashion doll in the window of a cigar shop, and boom, the idea for Barbie was born. This doll was known as Build Lily and was modeled after an adult comic strip character in one of the local newspapers. Build Lily was mostly a gag gift in the late 50s that men would receive as a joke. The character was a post-war, sassy, ambitious, gold-digging exhibitionist. The doll, unlike Barbie, has nipples and several other over-the-top and sexy comic strips written to go with her story. However, after several men had received this doll, many young children discovered her and began to play with her. Eventually, dollhouses, miniature furniture, accessories, and assorted fashion clothing packs were made to accommodate the doll. Ruth bought up a few of these Build Lily dolls and brought them back to the United States in pursuit of creating her own version that she could market to young girls. A man named Jack Ryan, who had created missiles during the war and would later become one of Zsa Zsa Gabor's husbands, teamed up with the handlers to bring their new idea to life. The prototypes were made in Japan and initially came back to the States with nipples on their breasts and Jack Ryan had to personally file them off before presenting them to Ruth. Unlike the Build Lily doll, Barbie was made of a lighter plastic and had rooted hair instead of plastic mold hair like Lily did. At first, Ruth did not have a very positive reaction to Barbie when she was still being pitched. Many of her colleagues, who were mostly middle-aged men, did not like the idea of a doll for young girls that had breasts and gave such a grown-up aesthetic. Ruth was persistent, though, and the doll ended up premiering at the American International Toy Fair on March 9, 1959, which is also known as Barbie's official birthday. Barbie's full name was Barbara Millicent Roberts, and she is a teen fashion model from a fictional town in Wisconsin called Willows. I never knew this. I always assumed Barbie was from Malibu, but I I guess she didn't move there until the 70s. But this is what her books say. For those of you who don't know, when Barbie came out, a bunch of fictional books were written to give Barbie a backstory. So first reactions to the release were not great and production of the doll had to be cut by 40% because stores were not willing to put Barbie on the shelves. But after working with an industrial psychologist who suggested they market Barbie as a way to teach young girls about the ideal standards of living, I say that in quotes at the time, Barbie's appeal began to shift. It's pretty crucial to talk about what women's roles and rights looked like in the late 50s and early 60s. The ideal lifestyle, then, was to get married, have kids, and be the perfect stay-at-home mom. Women weren't encouraged to speak for themselves or earn their own money. It was all about that perfect, all-American family lifestyle in which men earned all the money and made all the decisions. Initially, during research and market studies, mothers were put off by Barbie's, let's say, sexy image, and they did not like her. But in the summer of 1959, when the first Barbie commercial aired after an episode of the popular Mickey Mouse Club, that is the original Mickey Mouse Club, not the one that Britney did in the early 90s, Barbie is seen in a wedding dress, which I guess conformed with the ideal living standards for women of that time. And the doll quite literally blew up and started flying off the shelves. Jumping a little bit ahead here, it's really funny that Barbie was initially and has many times since been marketed as a bride, because according to the many published books written about Barbie's backstory, Barbie has actually never officially been married, and she has remained unmarried because the makers at Mattel didn't want to ruin the idea of open play that Barbie has as a single woman. She's also never had a baby, but we will get into that in a little bit. The original Barbies that were released were a blonde or brunette Barbie who came in a white and black striped bathing suit, a ponytail with rooted hair, little black heels, and red painted finger and toenails. The original Barbie's look is a lot different from the Barbies I grew up with and the Barbies that we know and love today. Her face is super serious, her eyes are looking to the side, and she's not smiling. Nevertheless, Barbie was a smash. More than $300,000 were sold in its first year, and several fashion packs with assorted clothing and styles were released as well. She originally retailed at $3, which is about $30 in today's money. That is actually really expensive. Today you can get a Barbie for under $10 at Target easily. An original Barbie from 1959 can sell for over $20,000 in mint condition in 2022. Wow. After being a major success on her own, Barbie's boyfriend Ken was released by popular demand in 1961. Ken is not our focus today, but I will mention that after more than 40 years together, Barbie and Ken officially broke up on Valentine's Day in 2004. But don't worry, they got back together seven years later after her rebound boyfriend, who was a surfer, Blaine, did not work out. Ken also has had some pretty controversial moments. 1993's Magical Earring Ken... Caused quite a controversy. He had an earring, he had a very flamboyant outfit, and basically fit every gay stereotype of the time. And parents did not like this. I really need to get that doll. He's so cute, and so is the Barbie that goes with him. But maybe we'll do a separate episode on Ken. I haven't decided yet. But, you know, Barbie, her controversies are, you know, very extensive, but Ken's also had quite a few. Okay, back to Barbie. Remember that Build Lily doll that was ultimately Barbie's inspiration? If you don't know what she looks like, look her up and compare her with one of the original Barbies released. You'll see how similar they are to the Build Lily doll. After a lawsuit was brought into place by the makers of Build Lily, Mattel bought out the company and purchased the rights, and in 1964, the production of those dolls was ended. In 1963, Barbie's best friend Midge was released, and in 1964, we met her little sister Skipper. In 1967, the first ever doll modeled after a celebrity was the fashion icon Twiggy. This doll is so cute. Look her up. I wish I could get my hands on one of these. They're pretty expensive, but Twiggy is actually the first, you know, celebrity to have a doll made out of her. So that's really cool. I always thought it was Cher, but I was wrong. We're going to get into this a little bit later, but in 1967, the first African-American Barbie was released and came with tons of criticism. She was known as Colored Francie. Even for 1967, I don't understand how anyone at Mattel thought this was a good title for the doll, and it's definitely super offensive. The original Francie doll was released in the 60s, and she was known as Barbie's modern cousin. When Mattel decided to come out with an African-American doll, instead of giving the doll a brand new face mold with African-American features, they instead just changed the skin tone of the original Francie doll. This sparked a bit of understandable controversy, and in 1968, Barbie's African-American friend, Christy, was introduced. Although this doll also did not have any unique new features and had the same body and head mold of barbie christy had a much more positive response from critics and consumers in 1980 the first african-american barbie with unique features was released not as francie not as Christie, but as black barbie through the end of the 60s barbie remained pretty much the same aside from add-ins of friends family and boyfriend but in 1971 malibu barbie was introduced and it's the first example of barbie's first major face change Malibu Barbie now had a softer looking face and her eyes looked directly at you rather than to the side like the original Barbie. The 70s to me is really the beginning of the defining Barbie eras, which to me is the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. That is really when Barbie kind of found her space in pop culture. Obviously, Malibu Barbie is one of the best known Barbies of all time, and then in 1977, Superstar Barbie came out and she is so iconic. Superstar Barbie is the second big face change for Barbie. This is the year that they added a smile to Barbie's face. I'm so happy and I'm so excited because they actually just re-released Superstar Barbie on Mattel Creations, which if you guys have never checked that out, you've got to. It's got tons of exclusive Barbie merchandise and I am so excited to get mine. She... They mold everything just like they did with the original when they do their reproduction. So she looks exactly the same and I cannot wait to get mine. She is absolutely stunning and I really, really, really want the superstar Christie doll, but she's like $300 and I just cannot afford that right now. But she's definitely on my list. It's one of the most drop dead beautiful dolls I've ever seen. The 70s is when Barbie started getting very empowering and socially and culturally relevant. In 1978, Ruth Handler, she is, you know, the creator of Barbie. She was accused of accounting fraud and pled no contest and ended up being kind of outed from Mattel as well as her husband and also Jack Ryan. Although she was briefly brought back by Jill Burard in a more consulting type role in I think it was like the 90s. Her involvement was nowhere near what it was when she came up with Barbie, and sadly, after battling breast cancer more than once during her life, in 2002, she passed away from complications during a colon surgery. She was 85 years old. Co creator Jack Ryan was also faced with several complications through his life. The deal he made with Mattel was very lucrative, and he became a very rich man, even after being outed from Mattel in the 70s. He unfortunately battled addiction, alcoholism, And after he had a stroke in the late 80s, he died due to suicide in 1991. I think I also mentioned he was once married to Jaja Gabor, which I did not know before researching this episode. Now we're going to move into the 80s, which also turned out quite a few of iconic and memorable Barbie lines. The most interesting to me is the Barbie and the Rockers line. This is actually a pretty petty move on Mattel's part, but basically since her inception, Barbie had been on top of the world and obviously took up a major part of the doll market in sales. She didn't have a whole ton of competition, but in 1986, toy company Hasbro decided they wanted to release a line of fashion dolls, and she was going to be a rock star and try to directly compete with Barbie. When someone leaked the information that she was going to be a rock star with a band and it was going to be called Gem and the Holograms, to Vice President of Mattel at the time, Judy Shacklefield, the Barbie team got to work and put together their own rock star Barbie. In 16 hours, the designer teams looked through hundreds of archives for every type of fabric and accessory that they had used on past releases, and instead of gathering new materials, they repurposed them for this new Rockstar Barbie. And Mattel was able to ship their Rockstar doll to stores before Hasbro could, and this ended up convincing the world that, once again, someone else copied Barbie. But really, it was the other way around, and Barbie still came out on top. Some other honorable mentions from the eighties are the iconic great shape Barbie. You may recognize her. If you look her up, she is the doll that they used to model Barbie in toy story two off of. And then there's peaches and cream Barbie in 1984. The Christie version of this doll is also super gorgeous. And then day to night. Barbie was a big innovative move. Day to night. Barbie was all about Barbie working in the corporate world. And This is a theme that Barbie has. She has done so many jobs. Really quickly, let's just get into some of the jobs that our girl Barbie has had. She's been a fashion model, an astronaut, a doctor, a vet, a dentist, a professional horse rider, a hula girl, a pilot, an engineer, a police officer, an army sergeant. She's run for president six times and the list goes on. In all, Barbie has had over 70 different careers. This really kicked off with 1963's Career Girl Barbie, which was brought out during the peak of the first feminist movement. Barbie gets a lot of understandable criticism, but I think that almost always overshadows really how innovative Mattel was at least trying to be when they were making Barbie. I want to finish this timeline and then get into all of that. So moving into the 90s, the 90s Barbie holds such a special place in my heart. That is the Barbie I grew up with. She has the very vibrant blue makeup and almost everything is bright or neon pink. I believe they also gave her a new face for this era as well. I just I love how cartoonish this one is. I don't know why. I'm just I guess it's probably just because it's what I grew up with. But to me, 90s Barbie is definitely peak Barbie era and look wise. The 90s is a decade of iconic Barbies like Totally Hair Barbie, which is the best-selling Barbie of all time. I had this doll. I still have her. She uh, definitely needs a makeover. Her hair is not, um, not in good shape, so I need to do something with that, but I still have her. And there was also a Totally Hair Ken who had rooted hair rather than the standard plastic molded hair that Ken usually had. I also had, let's see, I had Hula Hair Barbie, Olympic Gymnastics Barbie. I had Glitter Hair Barbie. So Glitter Hair Barbie was actually my very first Barbie that I ever got. And I remember this so well. I got Glitter Hair Barbie and Glitter Hair Teresa. And they came came with a little bottle of gel. And I just remember when I got those dolls, I used all the hair gel up from one of them in one day. And was so upset about it because I totally forgot that... The other doll also had the tube of hair gel, but fortunately I was way more (laughs) conservative with the second bottle. But that is my earliest memory of Barbie. Glitter hair Barbie and Teresa. Those were my first Barbie dolls ever. Um, Oh gosh, there were so many. My my grandparents really never had a problem with me playing with dolls. I think mostly it's because it kept me busy, but... I I really agree with the stance that Barbie is so important. And people, you know, who want to criticize her, I get it. There's a lot of problems with Barbie and the brand. But for me, she was just so important. I feel like Barbie taught me how to use my imagination and my creativity. And I, I remember, like, playing with them for hours when I was little. I was so just enamored with giving them storylines and you know, like being their teacher or whatever. I don't know. But I just really feel like Barbie, for me at least, really was crucial in my development and learning how to use skills like imagination and creativity. So for me, she's so important. And like I said, I get all of her controversy, but sometimes I just wish people would sit back and look at the positive side for Barbie. I think that... She can have a really positive impact on kids growing up. And I, I just I just think she's so important. Um I also had Working Out Barbie. I loved Working Out Barbie. I think she is my favorite Barbie of all time. She came with a little cassette that had a pop song on it that was literally a Barbie pop song. I love it. I still know all the words to this day. And recently I'm so excited, I rebought a bunch of dolls that I had when I was a kid that either you know lost over time or you know she is well played with so I needed a new one so I recently just rebought the entire set of Working Out Barbies with Barbie, Christy, and Teresa and I literally think I might have cried a little bit when they came. I was so excited to open them. I didn't keep them in the box. Um, For those of you who have listened to past episodes I talk about it uh, quite a few times. I have no discipline when it comes to getting dolls. I love opening them, but it was such a nostalgic moment for me. I had so much fun opening them and listening to the cassette place. I literally went out to a thrift store to find a boom box that had a cassette tape player and bought one and it didn't work. And then I bought another one and it didn't work again, but I figured out that there was just something jammed in it. Um, I had cassettes when I was little, but it's been a very long time since I've you know played one so it was really exciting other than that I had a bunch of swimsuit Barbies and I loved Ariel too, the Little Mermaid so I had a bunch of Ariel dolls as well but the 90s man what a time for Barbie so many different ones and if you guys are really interested in seeing just how many Barbies are out there there's this really great website let me look this up just so I can make sure I plug the right thing it's called Barbie collectors.altervista.org. So just type in Barbie collectors or something on Google and you'll be able to find it. And this website is amazing. They are they have archived photos of all the Barbies ever released by year. So if you are specifically looking for a Barbie doll, it's going to take you a while to find it. If you're just looking through every single one released. But this website actually has them archived by year. So I'm looking at it right now, if you want to find a Barbie from 1968, you can literally click on that year. And it will show you all of the different Barbies that were released that year. And it is crazy. Let's keep it moving here. Sorry, there is a lot to get through. Um, In 1998, Barbie got another new body mold and she had a smaller chest and a wider hip. And I believe this is when they finally, I don't want to say finally, but this is when they gave Barbie a belly button. In the early 2000s, Barbies faced another conflict um, (laughs) with competition. Barbie has always had a lot of competitors during her career. I think American Girl really gave Barbie a run from her money with their historical lines in the late 80s and early 90s, and... In the early 2000s, Bratz dolls really shook Barbie and Mattel's world, and I'm actually going to do a full episode on the Bratz dolls after I'm done with Barbie on the iconic doll cast, but to make it brief, (laughs) obviously Barbie's diversity was never something that Mattel handled well, but... In 2000, a man named Carter Bryant pitched his idea to MGA Entertainment of an all-new type of fashion doll that was ethnically diverse and completely innovative. Those dolls are called Bratz dolls. So this is a wild story. And basically what happened was this man, Carter Bryant, he was working for Barbie. He was working for Mattel in the Barbie department. And he came up with this idea of a brand new Fashion doll that was gonna be ethnically diverse and just have a lot of different features. Um, the doll's heads are really big. All of her features are really big. Her feet detach from her body, so instead of putting, you know, Barbie comes with a million shoes, you would have to switch the whole leg. And I remember not liking this feature of the Bratz dolls, but it makes a lot of sense because I'm sure less shoes are lost with this doll line. So, you know, that's less money that parents have to spend on shoes. (laughs) But anyway, Carter Bryant came up with this idea and he pitched it to MGA Entertainment, which was a competing company with Mattel. And this is obviously a conflict of interest. Carter Bryant and MGA later would claim that when he pitched his idea to MGA, he was on a break, From Mattel, so he was like in between positions or something. I don't know. It's really confusing. So he pitches this idea to MGA. They put out the Bratz doll, and then they blow up. And that's because Bratz dolls are super unique. Um, I mean, Barbie was struggling with diversity the entire time she's been out, but these Bratz dolls, they were so diverse, and started selling intensely well. And Barbie was fully, fully threatened. I mean, that's just what it is. But like I said earlier, I'm going to do an entire episode on Bratz dolls next. So look out for that. Um, I want to get into more of the controversies with Barbie just because that is what we're here for. But tune in for the Bratz episode. It is insane. In 2014, for the first time ever... Elsa dolls from the movie Frozen replaced Barbie for the number one selling doll for the holiday season. Sorry, Barbie. Elsa froze you for a season and took that number one spot. And recently, LOL dolls and Frozen 2 dolls have become high competitors for that number one spot in sales during the holiday season. Um. So many milestones. Okay, and then lastly, in 2016, Barbie made a major comeback with their Fashionista line. The thing with Mattel is that I think they've tried, I mean, it sounds like, it looks like from the research I've done, you know, they've tried a bunch to be more diverse. But up until the 2016 Fashionista line, they really ended up fucking things up rather than being more inclusive or ethnically diverse, which is, you know, what their goal had been. They just never really succeeded. And it always kind of turned around and hit them back in the face whenever they did try to be innovative in that way. If you guys haven't seen it, um, not sponsored, but you should watch the documentary on Hulu. It's called Tiny Shoulders and it's the rethinking of Barbie. And it's all about the planning and the process and the reactions to The Fashionista line, which really changed Barbie forever. You can get Barbies in any size, petite, curvy, tall, um, any skin tone. All the face molds are unique. They all represent different things in the way that I feel like people have wanted Barbie to do for so long. But like I said, they've, they've tried, I guess, but always failed at this. So I can see why Mattel people, particularly, you know, the people in charge of Barbie would you know struggle with this but finally in 2016 that came out and you know the quality dip in Mattel Barbie dolls is very clear i will say that it's disappointing but the fact that now anyone can get a barbie doll that at least closely represents you is iconic they're so cool every time i go to target or walmart i stop in the barbie aisle to see what they have there's always something new and they've just done a really good job with that and i i respect them for that i think i think people at barbie have worked really hard and you know pushed for a lot of things in the last few years and this fashionista line has really put barbie i mean she's already been around forever but i think this even more so confirmed you know barbie will never go out of style she has done it again and this fashionista line is amazing but you know what we're still gonna talk about some other controversial moments that barbie has had um We talked about it earlier, obviously in the 70s and 80s with their African-American dolls. They didn't roll them out very well. They also had a doll, I think it was in the 90s. Her name was Becky and she was in a wheelchair. And this was their first um, doll that had a disability, which, you know, it was really innovative at the time. And a lot of people were applauding this. However, the problem is, and you know, people will find a controversy with anything, but... The wheelchair that the doll came in didn't fit in Barbie's dream house. It couldn't go in the elevators. It wasn't sized the right way. So, unfortunately, there was a ton of complaints about that. Um, In 1997, Oreo Fun Barbie. Nabisco teamed up with Barbie, and they released a white Barbie and a black Barbie. And they were... It was Oreo, like the cookie-themed. And the whole controversy about that is, you know... Oreo is a derogatory term and it's used to describe an African American person who acts white. And ultimately, the doll was recalled. Two Barbies in the 60s and 70s one was Babysitting Barbie and Slumber Party Barbie. They came with a scale that was set to 110 pounds and also came with a little, like a little notebook, book, magazine. I don't know what it was, but it's on the cover, it says, How to Lose Weight. And on the back, it says, don't eat, which is not a good message. Mattel has definitely fucked shit up before. I'm going to talk about some dolls that I think got really harsh criticism. But that one in particular, the Slumber Party doll, that is absolutely absolutely out of line and did not help the fact that one of barbie's major criticisms is the way she looks, the way she's proportioned. People will say, "You know, if Barbie was a real person, her head would break off and she'd fall forward cuz her boobs are too big." I totally get that. I totally get how the image of Barbie can kind of project an unrealistic fantasy for kids who are playing with her, but the thing is is and this whole time, I'll say, it, I we give a Barbie a lot of human qualities. It's almost like she's a real person. But at the end of the day, she's not. Barbie is not a real person. She's a doll. And I don't want to take away from any of the body image criticism. I'm just going to say, personally, I didn't experience that when I was growing up. And I guess I've never really understood fully why she gets the criticism she gets. I have seen in documentaries that Barbie is shaped the way she is because it accommodates all her outfits. You know, her neck is really long because she, she wears helmets, she wears necklaces, she wears big hats, she wears turtlenecks, she wears coats, and she's proportioned the way she is because that allows kids to dress her up in different outfits without it looking weird. And I think people forget that a lot. And I also think we put a lot of human qualities on Barbie and yeah, she does have kind of a materialistic lifestyle and she does have a a gorgeous face and is all about fun and, and makeup. But she's also a very independent woman. Barbie's never been married. Barbie is not tied down. She's doing all these jobs because in her fantasy world, she wants to. And I think that's a really, really important message for young kids. Like Barbie's whole thing is you can be anything you want to be. And she is definitely proof of that. And For me, I always looked up to Barbie when I was a kid. I thought it was really cool that this doll was so just multifaceted and had so many lives and did so many things. And I played so many different scenarios. Dr. Barbie, Army Barbie, uh, Fashion Model Barbie. You know, there's just so many different things that you can do with that. And people focus on the negative, unfortunately. But I do think that, you know, some of her criticism is legit, but... I also wish that people would look at the bigger picture and see, you know, how positive Barbie's message actually is. Some other highly criticized Barbies are Growing Up Skipper. Um, this is a great example of Mattel trying to be innovative, but failing miserably. Growing Up Skipper came out in the 70s, and this doll was obviously Barbie's younger sister. And when you twisted her arms, <laughs> she her waist extended so she got taller and her breasts grew. And so <laughs> with this one I definitely see how having a doll that deals with the ideas of puberty could be important for little kids, but I guess just during the time parents were not having it and the doll got recalled. Pregnant Midge, um this was a doll like I said earlier, Barbie has never officially been married or had a baby, but her friend Midge has and This doll, I believe it was released in 2010, got quite a bit of backlash because parents felt like it was encouraging teen pregnancy. Again, I don't agree with this. I think Barbie was just trying to extend Barbie's world with, you know, dealing with the ideas of having a baby. First of all, Midge is not a teenager anymore. There's no way she can be. She's a full adult. Um, The doll came with Midge, her husband. Um, and I think three other kids. So this obviously wasn't her first pregnancy (laughs) in Barbie world, but the doll had a piece on her stomach that made her look pregnant. And when you took it off, inside her belly was a little baby, (laughs) a little baby Barbie doll. And so parents didn't really like this. I don't think Mattel's intention was to promote teen pregnancy, but in all scenarios with Barbie, we've learned that people can find anything to criticize. There was also Teen Talk Barbie. I think I had this one. This Barbie was controversial because it talked and it had several different phrases. So there was like, there was a bunch of different things that the doll could say. And all of the dolls had a different combination. So not all of them said the same thing. But one of the phrases happened to be uh, math class is so hard or something. I hate math class. Something like that. And parents didn't like that. They didn't like. It kind of promoted that stereotype that girls are bad at math and only boys can do that. I am a boy. <laughs> I hate math. Math is so hard for me. So I guess looking at it from my point of view, I'm like, well, yeah, who who likes math class? I guess a lot of people do, but I definitely didn't. So I don't think that one is that controversial. A weird one is in 2010, This Barbie came out with a video camera that was, I think it was on her chest, and kids could record, or maybe it was her stomach, I don't know, kids could record little videos, and I didn't know this, but I guess they could also upload it to the Barbie website, which is kind of weird. I think the whole controversy is like, where are these videos going, who has access to them, and even the FBI got involved and said that this Barbie was a bad idea because, Exactly what I just said. They didn't know where these videos were ending up. They were nervous about. And it's kind of obvious what they might be nervous about. I'd be nervous about that too. But nevertheless, this doll sold really well. And those are just some of the controversial ones. Um, I feel like there's also been some pretty innovative Barbies that don't get any credit. Obviously, Christy. Duh. Christy is so beautiful. My working out Christy Barbie is Absolutely gorgeous. I said it earlier, I think. I It is literally on my bucket list to own the 1977 Superstar Christie. She is probably the prettiest doll I've ever seen. We also had Miss Astronaut Barbie in 1965. Barbie landed on the moon before a real human did. And I said earlier, 1963 career girl Barbie. That doll, I really think, led Barbie into the career diversity that she had. Barbie has run in almost every election since 1992. That's pretty cool. And then obviously we have the fashionistas and they are, they come in curvy, petite and tall and are extremely diverse. So, I mean, Barbie's had tons of ups and tons of downs. It sucks that I think a lot of her achievements are overshadowed by the negativity surrounding her, but by an icon, Barbie is the most iconic doll of all time. I could not do this podcast without talking about Barbie. And this was this was a lot of information, but I learned so much from this. What an incredible icon. I mean, that's really all I can say. This is insane. I mean, I realized that it took Barbie a while to get to where she's at now. I also realized that Mattel has made a lot of mistakes, but Barbie's iconic. You can't take that away from her. And uh, just the best doll of all time. (laughs) Except for the Britney Spears doll. Duh. All right. Well, this is where I'm going to end things. I could probably talk about Barbie for hours. And if I don't stop now, I probably will. I'm thinking perhaps, I mean, my intention with this whole podcast was just to be a limited series, but In doing my research on all of this, I'm just realizing how much just amazing information and facts about dolls are out there. So I definitely could see myself diving into specific Barbie eras um, for future episodes, but we'll see. I (laughs) have been talking for like an hour at this point, so... Thank you guys who made it through this whole episode. I hope you learned something. I hope, you know, this brought back your Barbie nostalgia. I hope I hope I didn't offend anyone with my views. I am very positive about Barbie. I think she's great. And next time on the Iconic Dollcast, I'm going to be talking with one of my all-time favorite Instagram, TikTok accounts. And his name is Aaron. You probably know him as Aaron Malibu on all social platforms. Aaron is... A doll creator. He collects Barbies and has just an incredibly cool account. If you haven't yet, go check it out. He has really cool photography skills. His doll customs are absolutely stunning. Next time, we're going to talk about just the overall impact that Barbie had on our lives and how she really is the reason why so many people get into collecting dolls as well as customizing them. So tune in for that. Until then, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe. Leave me a five-star review. That really helps. And you can follow me on Instagram, Britney Spears Custom Dolls, or Iconic Dollcast, TikTok, Britney Spears Dolls. And we will see you guys next time.